It's good to see everybody here. Um, hope everyone had a good Christmas and a happy new year. Um, you know, it's interesting seeing the perception, different perceptions, we'll say. You know, with the break from the Bible studies and stuff, you can see how, um, you know, some of us, you, you're in that mentality where you're like, man, I missed the Bible studies. I missed this. I missed that. I missed that. But then another perception, you could say, you know, like when Paul says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. And you could say, you know, yeah, we have a break from Bible studies, but this is a great opportunity to seek God, you know. So I'd like to get started today. Um, just real quick, if you could keep Rick and Ann in our prayers and keep the whole body in our prayers. You know, a lot of people are ill right now, and it's good. Iron sharpeneth iron, you know. Keep each other. We're family, you know. We're the family of God. But um, I'd like to get right in the Word of God this morning. I'm not going to really go read specific parts, but if you'd like to, I'm going I'm to reference Solomon a little bit today and some parts of the New Testament. But, you know, it's interesting to get up and listen to everybody during the new year. And you hear people create New Year resolutions every year. And it's funny that we wait for a day to have these resolutions. You know, it's like you won't do anything all year towards something, but then when you get to the new year, like, okay, now I'm going to lose that weight. Now I'm going to get those muscles. Now I'm going to quit something, you know. But in God, I would just like to exhort the body this morning and encourage everyone to be diligent and keep that mindset of diligence through this year. You know, we've been talking, we've been preaching out here a lot in Visalia about fear a little bit lately and how the children of Israel would not go up to the mount to see God because there was fear present. And they missed out because of that. They were down on the mount. They were at the bottom of the mount. Sorry about that. And they created idols and served other gods and really fell from the grace of God in that moment. But there's another mentality that I want to bring out this morning that was referenced when we preached, and it was about Solomon. And not really specifically about King Solomon, but more so about the world at the time or Israel at the time during Solomon's reign. And when you talk about being diligent in God, we really do live in a great time. We really do, especially in this church we have the Word of God delivered to us every Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Sunday. You really don't have to struggle to find truth. It's, it's abundant, which is amazing because if you just read the story of the Bible, in the Old Testament, you had a people that left everything to follow the truth. They literally built their whole city, their whole life, their whole mindset around the Word of God. And we live in a day and age where that's not really the case anymore. And obviously, the Bible's different at times, you know, than the day and age we live in now. But it's interesting seeing the priorities that life has on us at times, you know, how you could go from seeking the Word of God to getting caught up in this, this rat race of life and just trying to get more stuff and trying to do these things and accomplish these things when really your purpose here is to learn the Word of God and to realize who you are in God. But Going back to that mindset of diligence, in the scripture, you can see clear examples of those that were slothful and let the enemy creep in and those that were diligent. And I'd like to talk about that a little bit today because when you look at the story, specifically around Solomon's time, it was good in Israel. David defeated all the enemies. There was a little struggle at the beginning when Solomon was, was going to be anointed to be king. Some of his brothers did horrible things. Uh, one of his brothers, Adonijah, thought he would be king, but the prophet and God straightened that out. But during Solomon's reign, there was peace in Israel. His name, if you look at the Strongs, actually means peace. But during his reign, 
He made alliances. He expanded the city of Jerusalem. He built this magnificent temple. But during the whole time, there wasn't really a time of strife. He actually had great riches. And when I say this today, you know, there's, there's obviously two perceptions of King Solomon. Because in one note, he did go, in the flesh, he did go out and marry all these wives and serve their gods. And Israel suffered because of it. But there's also the Solomon that said God loved. Called him Jedediah when he was born because God loved him. And he wrote Ecclesiastes, the Song of Solomon, parts of Proverbs. So God did love him. But my point in bringing this out today was that during Solomon's reign, it was a great time of peace. Israel had it good. They didn't really have a time where they struggled like under David. For example, when David was king, there was a great enemy named the Philistines that was against them. To the point where in previous books, just right before David was king, they conquered them at times. They subjugated Israel. They took the Ark of the Covenant. They really battled them and gave them struggles. But because David was there and fought those battles, because he was in a place where he had to trust God, he was able to overcome them. But Solomon was different during that time. He didn't really have to fight those enemies. They lived in a place where they had great riches. They had great opportunity to do these things. And I love the New Testament because there is a different momentum, honestly, in the New Testament and the Old Testament. The Word of God is true throughout and throughout. But in the Old Testament, it's like you see swings. It's like you see the, the flesh go back and forth. You'll see it go from we're doing very good, we're struggling. We're doing very good, we're struggling, and so forth. But in the New Testament, you really see Jesus come and change the story and deliver 12 men, raise them up, teach them to be apostles, and go forth. But I like listening to Stephen's preaching because he does a great job going through the Old Testament and just summarizing it, as you would say. But during Solomon's point, when Stephen preaches in the book of Acts, he talks about how when Solomon wanted to build the house of the Lord, he did, and it said, how be it? God doth not dwell in a house built with hands. And you could read it and go back and look at it, but basically it's saying that when you look at that, God didn't require that. They did that on their own account because of the time they were living in, because they were in a time where they kind of had the riches. They had everything. They were able to do what they wanted versus being diligent and doing what God wanted in that mindset. And that really goes with the, with the saying that we, we preach in this church is that strong times make strong men. Strong men make easy times. Easy times make weak men. Weak men make hard times. And you could really see that comparison between the time of Solomon and the time of David. And the only reason that I'm bringing that story out today is to apply it to yourself today, to exhort the body to remain diligent. Don't get complacent in God today. We have it so easy right now. The world is getting hard, but we have it easy where you have the word of God constantly. Don't let it just be another word. Don't let it add to your riches. Treat it like it is the living word of God and allow that to create that diligence in you. Allow that to move you through this life. Allow that to create a steadfastness in you to where you will put God first no matter what. And what I think is interesting is seeing the perception change from a mindset that always thinks that it has to accomplish something or that it has to attain unto something. And one thing about that mindset is it never changes. You always feel like you have to attain, and you never quite get there. You always fall short. That's the flesh. You will never get there in that mindset. But if you're in the mindset that thinks, you know what? I'm not going to worry about to attain these things 
or to accomplish these things. I'm just going to become what God says I am. If you just become that word, the diligence will work. The trust will work. The faith will work. It'll come easy. You won't have to struggle like Israel did in the past. And another good point to look at with diligence is if you're not diligent, do you know who is? The enemy. The enemy's going to be diligent. If you're not diligent, even in this life, you could see that. If you aren't diligent in your life, you're going to be walked over. Same thing in God. If you're not diligently seeking God and you fall behind and you're slothful, you know what happens? The enemy preys on you. When you're all by yourself in the weakest place you could possibly be, the enemy will be your friend. It'll be your familiar friend. It'll make you feel good. It'll make you feel like you're not in trouble when you are. So keep that diligent mind and seek the Lord. If I had to just say one thing today, I would say, if you had to make a New Year's resolution, be diligent in God. You know, that's something that'll change your walk with God, is just remaining diligent. Don't allow the cares of this life to get in the way. It's not worth it. It really isn't. This life is quick, and when you get to the end of it, what did everything mean? If you don't have God, it didn't mean a whole lot. It just goes back to the dirt. But back to that point with the enemy being diligent. Didn't Jesus say in the parable of the tares? Didn't the men ask? After the, the, the wheat came up, when they woke up, the tear came up, and they said, who did this? And he said, while men slept, an enemy hath done this. That's exactly what happens when you're not diligent. An enemy creeps in and sows tears, sows lies, weakens you, takes you away from God, separates you. But if you remain diligent, you won't have to worry about that. You will stay right with God. You won't be in sin. He will deliver you from your enemies, and you will see all of it, and you will understand. So all I wanted to do today was exhort the body and encourage people today to let you know that, you know, number one, we're all in each other's prayers, but let's be diligent together as a body. You know, let's not, let's not let the word of God fall upon deaf ears. Let's let it mean something. Let's be passionate about it. Let's let it change our lives like it did when we first heard it. I mean, you guys remember? You remember Bryce, you remember the first time you got excited about the word of God? Remember that fire you had in it? You were like, nothing will get in the way of this. I'll go to every Bible study. I'll do whatever it takes. Everything. And then after time goes, I'm not going to talk about Bryce and this, everyone, including myself, I felt this way, but as time goes on, that fire fades a little bit if you let it. You kind of get a little complacent. You kind of get to a place where you're like, okay, well, you know, I'm good. I go to Bible studies. I read my Bible. Everything's good. And you get to a place where the enemy has a place in you. And you don't want that. You want to stay diligent and let that fire run true. You want to never let the fire burn out in the house of God. You want to let it burn in your heart and go straight towards God. So like I said at the beginning, remain diligent. Encourage yourself in the Lord today. When you go home and you, and you have these thoughts flowing about the world, just remember, I'm going to be diligent. I'm going to serve the Lord. I'm going to have that same fire that the Lord placed in my heart, and I'm going to sanctify it. I'm going to treat it as if nothing else in this life is more important than that fire. So that's really all I wanted to say today was just be diligent. Does anybody have any questions or anything they'd like to say? If not, I'm going to yield the mic over to Tim Gowett. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Walker. You guys hear me all right? Thank you very much for that word, Walker. Uh, be diligent in the word of God. It can mean a lot of different things to a lot of different people, but it applies to everybody. So 
Um, something Walker opened up with was about prayer. There's a lot of people that need prayer. Rick and Ann, Bryson and Cassie in Oregon. Um, and Jennifer's, Jennifer's going, dang, I forgot to, they need prayer. Uh, you know, I don't know, they lost their home. A tree fell on their home. This is Brian's son and daughter-in-law. Um, they have insurance, they're covered. Brian can um, explain more in detail, but the prayer would be, God, let them live with a heart after you and seek you with all their heart. God, visit them. God, let them make choices in this life that put them in the position to hear the word of God. So there's a lot of people, and there's others, but my point is a lot of people need prayer. And if you've ever, somebody's ever asked you, hey, pray for so-and-so. Have you ever taken the thought of, what do you mean pray for so-and-so? Okay, because in religion, that's a very common thing. There's, there's prayer services, there's all kinds of things you know, that uh, you guys were raised up in. What do you mean pray for so-and-so? You mean the hand of God's not going to move on them without my prayer? Do you think that, that the hand of God would move on them because you prayed? Do you believe God hears you? I mean, are you a son or not? Did God say, whom you love, I'll love? So don't get caught up in unbelief thinking, oh, it's just um, God's going to do according to his will. Believe God that he hears you. Believe God that his hand would move on your request for somebody that you love and hold dear to your heart. Don't get caught up in unbelief. Either you believe God in this life and he visits you, or he doesn't. And I say he does. Every single one of you is here because you believe God. So it's kind of a side note, but pray for one another. The fervent, effectual prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Now I know Jesus Christ is that righteous man, but has he called you righteous? Did he die so that you could walk in his shoes? So walk according to that and don't deny the liberty that Christ has given each and every one of us. And in this instance, we're talking about prayer. Pray for one another. Pray for the ones that you love, that God would visit them, that they would be strong in their thoughts and seek God, because he's not far from any one of us, Walker. Is he? No, he's not. So uh, with that being said, Happy New Year to each and every one of you. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year. I hope you guys uh, had a, have a good start to 2023. Right, Pete? Pete's my daughter. That's her nickname. Her name's Sophia, but she's Pete. That's her nickname. So when I refer to her as Pete around her friends, they're like, why is he calling you Pete? That's her nickname. <laughs> so um, it, well, let's open a scripture today in Matthew 12, if you guys would. So uh, going along with Walker's thought there about being diligent, this is a parable that Jesus speaks, and I believe it's in Luke as well. Um. We're going to talk about being diligent in, in your house. Right, Walker? Who is the temple of God? You are the temple of God. God dwells in you, does he not? God dwells in you. So we're going to talk about that house just a little bit here. So Matthew um, 12, verse 23. When the unclean spirit is gone out of a man, he walketh through dry places seeking rest and findeth none. The, the unclean spirit walks through dry places, seeking rest, but he finds none. Then he saith, I will return into my house from whence I came out. And when he is come, he finds it empty, swept, and garnished. Then he goes, 
and takes with himself seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter in and dwell in there, in that man. So where do spirits dwell? In the man. The last man, last state of that man is worse than the first. Even so shall it be also into this wicked generation. This parable applies to each and every one of us. How many of you has God ever delivered from an unclean spirit, from a thought of sin, from wickedness, from um, a parable? You name it. But if God has delivered you from something, don't go on your merry way thinking, I never have to deal with that thought again. That's a lie. It says right here, when that spirit comes back to that house. So if God's delivered you and helped you in a thought, have the right expectation that that spirit, Merle, he will be back. He'll be back to the house that he thinks is his because he's going to try to take it back. With seven others, seven times, yeah, seven times stronger, she said. So in your diligence, Walker, fill that house with faith. Fill that house with the word of God that delivered you. Fill fill that house with the word of God that made it clean. Because when God cleans house, it's forever. But you still have to be diligent in the thought. Because that spirit, he'll be back. And he's going to knock on that door and say if there's room. If I was to title this, it'd be no vacancy. Hang that sign out there that says no vacancy. This house is full of the word of God. It's full of faith. It's full of the faith of Jesus Christ, and there is no room for devils in this house. So it's kind of an interesting thought. If you get laxadaisius in that thought, guess what? It's going to be easy for that spirit to put his foot in the door and slip on in. And you'll go back to the same thing God delivered you from. In Peter, which we may read, he talks about, and the dog returns to his vomit as a sow to the mud. The sow that was cleansed returns to the mud. A dog, you ever seen a dog eat his own vomit? You don't want that, you don't want that parable. If God's delivered you in a thing, walk in that thing and fill your house with the word of God and with faith because then there's no vacancy, Walker. Then when that spirit comes back, you can grow even stronger yet because you'll know that spirit came back to tempt me and guess what? I didn't let him in. Because I love God more than the thing God delivered me from. Because I walk in the footsteps of Christ, the one that gave me strength to make those choices. You say, oh, Jesus is just going to do it all. That's true, but if you're not diligent in the thing he's given you, you'll be no different than a dog returning to his vomit and a fool to his folly. Every one of us has a folly or a sin that God has delivered us from. And every one of us have the opportunity to walk in grace and mercy in the deliverance of it and walk as a new man, full of faith, right? Let's go to 2 Peter. And I'm not going to be long. We got the kids up here. They're going to do some Christmas songs. They were going to do it last week, but there was not, um, there was only two or three. A lot of people were out sick, and uh, I can't talk and get a scripture at the same time. I can't do it. You can't chew gum, chew gum and walk at the same time. I'll trip or choke. One of the two, Carrie. Yeah, you too? My wife knows me. I'll, I am very good at doing one thing, but I will do it 
impeccably. You, if I get my attention spread out too much, Walker's back there laughing. Something's going to be done halfway, and I don't like that. I don't like my attention being diverted. Um, okay, so Second Peter 2. Sorry, I'm kind of reading. I didn't know where I wanted to stop. Yeah, let's just read a few scriptures here. For when they speak great, welling words, great swelling words of vanity, they allure through the lust of the flesh, through much wantonness. Those that were clean escaped from them who live in error. That clean escape is what Jesus Christ has provided for each and every one of us. While they promise, this is how you get deceived by the thing when it comes back, Walker. When, not if, when. That spirit, while they promise them liberty, they themselves are the servants of corruption, for whom a man is overcome of the same is he brought into bondage. For if, after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, they are again entangled therein and overcome. This parable doesn't have to be any one of you. You don't have to be overcome by the thing God has delivered you from, if you're diligent, Walker. Because this parable is not a good parable parable. The latter end is worse with them than the beginning. For it had better, listen to this, for it had been better for them to not have known the way of righteousness than after they had known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. But it has happened unto them, according to the true proverb, the dog is turned to his own vomit again and the sow that was washed to her wallowing in the mire. And I believe in the book of Proverbs it talks about, and a fool to his folly. So these things that God has delivered each and every one of you, God has visited these temples. The word of God has visited every temple in here, every single one of them, and dealt with an evil spirit, cast out an unclean spirit, helped you with vain tradition, helped you with the culture of thought that you were born into and taught and raised up, and that exists in your family. God has sent a deliverer to each and every one of these worlds and cast the devil out. Whether you know it or not, whether you think you have that power or not, I'm telling you, that's what Jesus Christ does. He came to save sinners, and Paul said, of whom I am chief. So when the word of God comes into your temple and casts that devil out, you walk according to the word God delivered you, and you fill that house with faith. Because without faith, faith, that house is empty. There's vacancy. You have nothing to stand on when that evil spirit and that devil comes back, Walker. If you don't stand on the word of God, you will fall. Because nothing else stands. Isn't there a parable of a man who built his house on a sand? And a man who built his house on a rock? And that rock he built his house on was the testimony of Jesus Christ, was the faith of Jesus Christ. It was, the, it was Jesus Christ that he built that foundation on. That will never fall, ever. So in the new year, if you guys do New Year's revolutions, oh, revolutions? What is it? Resolutions. A lot of R-E words here, huh? I like that, New Year's revolution. And the revolution is I don't make resolutions. <laughs> 
Because uh, there's no different in me making a thought uh, in a, uh, a, a pact today versus in June. But if you do that, make the resolution that you're going to walk in faith. And then when God helps you and delivers you from something, that you'll fill that house with faith. And when that devil comes back, that you will not allow him back in the door. Because you have that power. Don't let un an unbeliever come in and say, you don't have that power. You're not the Lord. Guess what the Lord told me? That I do have that power. That God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And that I may not be Jesus Christ, but I believe in Jesus Christ. And I believe that the works he did, I can enter into. And have power over those devils. And I've said this before, that when people say, oh, God delivered me from a, um, a way of thinking or a sin or a thought, and I've never dealt with that again. I don't think God really delivered you. Everything God has delivered me from, I have met again and again and again. And you know what it did every time I met it again? It made me stronger, not weaker, Walker. So don't have the wrong expectation. And I'm not going to put a limitation on God. Maybe he did that with that person. That's not what he showed me. He showed me the opposite, that he is going to subject me to those things for the purposes of making me stronger. How strong would a man be if he's dealt with evil spirits his whole life and overcome them? Be a strong man, wouldn't it? Versus somebody that's had it easy, Walker. There was no over overcoming in this person's life. Everything was handed to them. How strong is that going to be person? going to be in their mind and in their, the way they, they live and hold themselves? Not very strong at all. They'll be a pushover. So the strength that we're going to walk in is not your ability to deliver yourself, but it's going to be the fact that Jesus Christ died so that I could have a word of faith, and he delivered these things to me, and he showed me how to do it, Walker. He showed me how to overcome the thing that Israel fell at over and over and over because they did not get stronger. Yes, there was a remnant that entered in, Walker, but they were the parable of getting weaker and weaker and weaker not getting stronger and stronger and stronger because they wouldn't be diligent in the word that God gave them. They wouldn't walk in the thing that he said. He loved them, but they didn't believe it. He was going to deliver them, but they didn't believe it. He was going to lead them through the wilderness to make them stronger, but they didn't believe it. They tempted, they murmured, don't be Israel. Don't be the one that when that spirit comes back, you just you come on in, let him right in the door. And get weaker because the, la the latter state of that man is worse than the first. So you do have the power to keep yourselves from sin and to keep yourselves out of it. You do have that power. Whoever told you, you don't, lied to you. And they don't know Christ. They don't know the power of his sufferings and his mercy. They don't know Jesus. Don't let those spirits lie to you because that's how they get back in the door with a lie. They deceive you. They pro they make big promises. Any of you guys like salesmen in this in this room? If you've never seen my bad side, try to sell something to me. You will I, I I hate it. I do not like being approached with something that I'm not interested in. But that's how those evil spirits do it. They come in, but they're in you, so it's so much more deceptive. You think it's your own thoughts. They deceive you because they're in you and we aren't able to separate a truth from a lie from God from our own thoughts just yet. But the abilities there, you just need to be exercised in it. 
So when those spirits come back, they'll do it with a lie. A lot of the times it'll be with what, Carrie? With the word of God. Much easier or much harder, easier to deceive with the word of God. You say, I'd never serve a devil. I'd never, uh, I only love God. Well, then you don't need Jesus. You're perfect. He didn't come for you because the Bible says he came to save sinners. So um, a lot of different things we're talking about here, but be diligent, Walker. This is a good, good start. You know, I, Walker didn't, I, in a minute, I didn't coordinate what we were going to talk about today. But the moment I heard it, I knew uh, this will go, this will complement very well. And being diligent, because I can't be diligent for Jennifer. I mean, I can help her, I can speak truth to her, you can intercede, but at the end of the day, Jennifer has to make the choice to stand up to those things that uh, oppose God within her. Out here is an easy battle. You just get a big man like Bryce or Brian who, can, who wrestled Ryan Oswitz, man, that dude. You just get a, a tough friend or be strong yourself, you ain't got to worry about it. But within, that's a totally different story. Nobody can do that except you. And God has given you the power to do those things and to overcome and to not just be delivered, but stay delivered. So when those spirits come back around, when the thing God has delivered you from comes back around, when it does, you be strong and you fill your house with faith. Because this is the temple of God. Is it not? It is. So let's start this new year with a bang. Right? Amen. So uh, maybe, Pete, if you could go get the kids out of the Sunday school. And uh, we'll have the kids come in here and uh, do some Christmas songs, a belated Christmas song. What, Bryce? I wanted, there's several people online. Uh, uh, there may be some that have joined since we started, but welcome, you guys. Uh, we're glad you uh, could make it. Sorry you couldn't be here, but that's why we do the WebEx. And uh, I know Brian, when I talked to him, he said he's thankful that him and Christy, they have a, there's a faithful congregation that would allow them, give them the opportunity to take a vacation because who's the most diligent one among us? Is our pastor. Who was the most diligent one among the disciples? It was Jesus. So, and rightfully so. So, thank you guys for your diligence. Um, not just with money, but your time being here. Merle, you could just as easy be at home today, right? But you chose to, to come and listen to the Word of God and be a part of this congregation because you love us, because we love you. It's your family, and Diane as well, all of you guys. Get up here and start naming names. you got to be careful. Um, but we're going to have the kids come up. Is there any questions? Anybody have anything before we uh, turn it over?